Welcome back to the Fellowship Family Podcast. My name is Daniel McGarry. I am the creator pastor. And today I am joined by Nyrone Hawkins with Memphis Gridiron Ministries, um, which is an engaged champion of ours this past year. So uh, welcome, Nyrone. Tell us about yourself. And uh, man, tell us a little bit about Memphis Gridiron Ministries and how that got started. Well, Daniel, first, I'm excited to be here. And I'm always excited to share the work that the Lord is doing. Mm-hmm. So actually, the ministry started 10 years ago. This mm-hmm. is our actually our 10th year anniversary. Congratulations. We're, we're rolling to our 10th year anniversary. That's awesome. And we had a group of men who were coaching their sons at PDS. Mm-hmm. Um, and their sons aged out of the program, but they still had a desire to want to coach. And they looked at starting a football team in uh, Wade West, who is our board chair. The Lord just laid it on his heart to say, yeah, you're going to continue coaching, but you're going to go do it in the inner city with people who don't look like you, mm-hmm. uh, who don't live the way you live, who, who are underprivileged. And I just want you to go there and show the love of Christ and teach football. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that began our journey 10 years ago. I've been blessed. Um, I think I came on in April of last mm-hmm. year, so I'm still a neophyte. <laughs> I still have a, a lot of learning to do on the, the football aspect, but um, we've been doing great things in the community for a long time. You can mm-hmm. imagine how many young people uh, lives we've affected in a positive way who we shared the gospel with. Uh, and this year, what I'm bringing to the table is is a threefold ministry. Uh, a lot of times we spend money, time, resources uh, on young people, and then we send them back to a dysfunctional household, mm-hmm. expecting the the lessons and the gospel that we're teach that we that we've taught them to be able to last and catch mm-hmm. fire. So one of the things that I'm really concentrating on is that we do the work with the parents as well. Mm-hmm. And the third phase of that is community, which is why I'm here today. Because mm-hmm. uh, Fellowship thought it not robbery to give us the, the engagement uh, title. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we want to do. We want to invest in the kids with the gospel. Uh, we want to uh, increase time with families, with their knowledges mm-hmm. and what they need. And then we want the community to come along and assist and help. And that community is, of course, the churches, the corporate community, mm-hmm. and the community in general. So a three three chord band is not mm-hmm. easily broken that's right <laughs> and so uh, when you say community um y'all are typically in the binghampton area are y'all in any other areas no we we're we are <laughs> we are steadfast that we are a binghampton mm-hmm. uh community nonprofit. Yeah. now uh that that won't preclude us so what what, what we're trying to do is to set a model that we know works in Binghampton. And if that model works in Binghampton, then guess what? We'll help other people set that model up. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll be little Pauls. We'll be Apostle Pauls yeah. in the community. Yeah. We'll take what we do and we'll give it to other people. We don't have ownership of the gospel. We don't have mm-hmm. ownership of what we do. But we do know the more people who we can teach what we do and as it has been successful, then we know the, the results that they'll get if they follow the plan. But our concentrated area is in Binghampton. Um, it's enough work to do in Binghampton mm-hmm. that you don't have to go outside of Binghampton to get any work done. Yeah. And so what are the ages of the kids that are playing? Of um, 8 to 12. Okay. So um, 8 to 12. We, we, we just came back off of COVID year. Um, mm-hmm. So hiring me was coming back off of COVID. They had, they had their flag football 
the year before. Mm -hmm. And the participation numbers for flag, flag football weren't um, as high. Um, so it was really a trying time where they was like, well, you know, we got to get the numbers up. Well, the Lord blessed us to have 65 kids last mm -hmm. year. So we filled the two teams with 65 kids. So our numbers even peaked higher mm -hmm. than what they were pre-COVID, but that's the kind of God that we serve. He can do exceedingly that's abundantly right. above what you can imagine or even think. So we're yeah. excited about that. Now our goal is to hold on to those kids as we add more kids to the program as mm -hmm. well. So beyond you, who, who's working with, uh, with the kids each week? Well, um, I am the only, let me say, I'm the only paid employee. <laughs> right. And that's why we're raising some money to change right. that so we could be even more effective. Yeah. But last year we had 14 volunteer coaches. Mm -hmm. uh, so for our volunteer coaches, they were everything but paid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so you, you wouldn't tell, that wouldn't tell for them four hours a day, like three days, three mm -hmm. days a week. We, we are the not win at all costs football. That's that's part of our, our mission is to break that. Mm -hmm. Practicing six or seven, five, six days a week, football, 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 football. Mm -hmm. That's not it. So we practice twice a week and we play a game. Typically we play on Saturdays and we play some games on Tuesdays. But we had 14 uh, coaches who gave up 12 hours of their mm -hmm. week to come out and practice and uh, hold practice and to disciple our kids throughout the week. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned, obviously, the gospel is, is the main thing yes. that you're trying to depart uh, to the kids. So walk me through, like, what does a typical practice looks like? What does a typical game day look like? So a, a typical practice is, uh, is, is actually great. Um, uh, our kids, uh, typically about 75 to 80 percent of our kids walk to practice. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, I, I, uh, we typically practice from 545 to like seven o'clock. Uh, so I'm there early. We we own the foot. Well, we lease the football field next to the Binghampton Police Department mm -hmm. from the um, Binghampton CDC. Yeah. So I'm there early setting up, and it's just a joy every day to see kids who have the world pulling at them. Saying, why are you going to football practice? Hang out with me to see them start coming three at a time, two at a time, three at a time. To see kids start pulling up and getting dropped off by their parents. So our typical day, we typically practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So a typical practice is uh, we have uh, we have five we have five core, core Christian values. So a practice will consist of one of those values being accentuated. It may be perseverance. Mm -hmm. So we have yard signs that say perseverance. And that is what the model for the day is. So the coaches will know that in their role as coaching for that day, that they're going to work perseverance into the into coaching. Uh, don't give up. Don't quit. Uh, is one of the is what we what we learn in the Bible. In the Bible, it says long suffering. <laughs> so we have to learn how to be long suffering, and being long suffering mean meaning that you're persevering. So that is what starts us off every day. One of our five core values. Uh, then we have a, we have prayer before we start practice. We typically we go out and practice, and at the end of every practice, we have a devotional, uh, and then we have one of our youth. 
lead us in prayer. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, we may have a guest lecturer to come in and just speak to the kids about the gospel and what the gospel means to them. But those are the most meaningful times of the day is the end of practice when we know we get to share the gospel and then to have kids say, well, coach, what did that mean? Well, coach, uh, what, what, how, how can I do this? Just to be able to say, look, we're going to walk you through the plan of salvation and be there to ask any questions for you to help you out in any way we can. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Memphis Gridiron Ministries as a organization has been operating for 10 years. Yes. So obviously probably has seen some fruit from that. You've been here a year. What kind of fruit have you seen? Man, it has been, <laughs> it, it has been amazing to see. We had three kids to give their life to Christ mm-hmm. um, last year who accept the Christ in just the, 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 the uh, really is in the details, the small things where you can see uh, the behavior, the specific behavior change in a young person where I, well, what I call it is the light bulb comes on mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the light bulb comes on and they understand, uh, okay, I can't do this. But I think one of my, my, our biggest, um, uh, biggest things is, is been our parents. Um, I, I'm just a firm believer that, we send kids back to dysfunctional fam- families. Um, but when we can affect the parents, when we can get the parents to understand who Christ is or even understand that they uh, have a lot of control over their kids' behavior, yeah. their academics, and everything that they do, and working with those parents. Like, we have about 60% of our parents stay at practice. So what I'm, well, I, I don't coach. <laughs> so when, my, when I'm at practice, I'm talking to parents. I'm talking to parents and I'm overseeing what is being taught at practice. So that's the thing that I've seen that has just, just, just lit me up mm-hmm. is that these parents are, are starting to say, hey, coach, I, you know, how can I do this? How can I do that? I had a, a young lady. Uh, who've I known? Who've I known since she was twelve years old? She's thirty now. And her, her son is on the team, and you know, I asked her. I said, um, "Well, what what do you want to do?" I said, "What what are your goals? What are your dreams?" And she said, "Nobody's ever asked me that." <laughs> Can you imagine being thirty and nobody ever asking you, <laughs> "What do you want to do? What are your goals?" And she said, "I said, well, just think about what do you do? What has God gifted you to do that you know." You know you can do it. You ain't had to read no book on it. Ain't nobody. Else. She said, "Well, I like to cook." I said, "Yeah, I see your Facebook lives post all the time. You always cooking." She has like five, six kids. Mm-hmm. Like you're always cooking. She said, "Yeah." She said, "Well, Mr. Hawkins, I, I want to work at a restaurant." I said, now you know I can help get you a job at a restaurant, but if you start working at the restaurant, you gotta cook the food the way the people want the food right. cooked. You can't you can't cook it your way. And she said, Yeah, she said, You know what, Mr. Honkins, I think I want my own food truck. She mm. said, Because people like the way my food tastes. And if I think I had a food truck, I think people a come and patronize my food truck. I said, well, you know, there's always people looking to get out of a food truck upgrade. Mm-hmm. I said, we can work on putting something together for you to be able to, first to be able to help you find a food truck. And she was like, okay. She said, and you know what, Mr. Hogan? She said, I want a house. She said, I'm tired of living in Red Oaks. I'm tired of living in the projects. I want a house. I just want a house. She said, I get tired of the fighting, the gunshots, and I just want a better opportunity for me and my kids. And I was like, well, let's start working. Let's start working on getting you out of Red Oaks into a house. And by the uh, 
through prayer and working, she is now renting a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's not in Red Old Housing Projects. She's renting a house. Uh, without me, which is what I really love, she stepped into another mentor, mentorship program for women. Mm-hmm. Um, she told me, she said, uh, Mr. Hawkins, my, my landlord... Uh, who I rent from says she gonna sell this house in about a year and a half, two years, mm-hmm. and she wanna sell it to me. She says she loves the way I'm putting forth the effort and trying to do better. I said, oh, cool. We'll put you in a money management class. We'll do this. We'll put you in position that in a year, year and a half, hopefully, you'll be able. She was like, I'm just. She said, you'll do that. I'm just so excited. So imagine from. Um, Nobody's ever asked me anything. I don't have any goals. I don't know what to do. Now you got a goal to rent the house. Now, I mean, yeah. now you got a goal to owning the house. Now you got a goal of starting your own business. And that's what happens when we're prayerful and we, we follow what God has given us. We make people dream again. Mm-hmm. Uh, life is about dreaming. If you're not dreaming, uh, you're, you, 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 you could be in a very bad situation right. just, just seeing hurt. Being, being able to dream and what she'll do, she's the template for everything we do after that because she is ingrained in that community. She's, she's got 30 years in that community. And when people see her, her growth, her belief in Christ, her belief in that she can be somebody, hopefully it's infectious and other people will come and say, hey, Mr. Hawkins, can you help me too? I want to do better. So Yeah. And so I feel like you're saying you're seeing that as the success oh, of, yes. of the ministry. That's and the, football is just kind of how it gets there, and and football's what bringing everybody together. Yeah, that's what football does. So that's mm-hmm. why when when Wade and uh, the guys put this together, it was to defeat the win at all costs football mentality mm-hmm. that we have. Let's bring kids. Our number one goal is always is to to teach the gospel. To edify and glorify Christ. Yeah. The second thing that we do, we provide a safe, stable Christian environment with built-in mentors. Mm-hmm. You think uh, the national statistics say that more crime happens between three and seven every day. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just coincide when school gets out right. and when it gets dark. So guess what? We're keeping 65 kids off the street three mm-hmm. to seven, two days a week from from uh, being involved in crime, being uh, being uh, not influenced by the society, the neighborhood that they live in that is full of crime, drugs, and, mm-hmm. and things. So that's what we do. And the more we can keep the gospel in front of them, the more we can love on them, the more we tell them that they can be somebody, the more we show them that there's more to life than just what they see in front of them every day, the better opportunities we have. And by adding working with families in now we now we double that because mm-hmm. we get parents to start believing and our kids believing I, I i tell people they're dreamers and they're dream killers uh normally people who are dream killers don't have dreams mm-hmm. so when they start hearing about your dreams they get jealous they get jealous and they start saying you can't do that ain't nobody from being hampton never did that mm-hmm. you know da, 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 da. and sometimes those dream killers are the people uh, who take care of you every day because they didn't have the ability to dream or hope or think that things would get better. So they just think that this they've seen themselves and four generations of their family live in Red Oaks, live in Bing Hampton. Nobody's ever moved. So they start to say, this is, this is that's life. That's the limit. Yeah, that's all so when we can start um, breaking shackles, mm-hmm. <laughs> we can start breaking chains, and we can start getting people to dream and believe it becomes infectious. It becomes contagious. And everybody want to start dreaming. Yeah. Um, I imagine that you've seen some some real transformation 
and some of the kids as well as some of the parents. Is there any particular story beyond what you've or you shared that that comes to mind in terms of like seeing where a, a kid started the season to where they ended the season? Yeah, and one of, one of the things I always tell uh, my coaches and try to um, to articulate to them and get them to believe. I know that when they see the conditions that some of our kids are in and they see how they their behaviors are and they see how little that they have, the first inclination is to give. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to give you that. And I said, no, 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 no. That becomes a crutch. You're teaching people who don't have a lot that everybody's going to give me something. Everybody, mm-hmm. I said, no, people, I said, we have to teach people how to earn what they get. So we can't, so, but uh, I, I've, I've seen it. I, um, one of the things that I, I was talking to a couple of young boys, because one of the things that I wanted to do was to provide an environment for kids who, who were in the program, who've aged out. Mm-hmm. I was like, how can I keep them off the street? How can I? So I was like, look, I need you to come up here and, you know, you can be a manager. You know, you come up here, you set stuff up, you help us put it up, and I'll give you, uh, you know, we'll give you some money. Mm-hmm. You're going to come up here, you're going to do it for free, teaching mm-hmm. the biblical principles that if a man don't work, then a mm-hmm. man don't eat. You come up here and work, you're going to be able to eat. Uh, but we had one young lady who was just, she was just sitting, she was just sitting there. Uh, and she was like, well, I can play football. Like, I, you know, you can, but you probably weren't able to. So I was, it was her brother who was supposed to be coming up there every day, uh, helping out mm-hmm. and, and getting paid. She ended up coming every day, not asking. She just started doing the work. And the coaches would be like, what you doing? She mm-hmm. said, well, this need to be done. Then I'm just going to do it without provocation, without saying, am I going to get paid? Am I going to get this? Mm-hmm. She said, I'm here. I'm going to walk my two brothers to practice every day. So I'm going to be here every day. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to help out. And they were dismayed. <laughs> One of the other ones is, uh, you know, sometimes people, kids just have it. Uh, you don't have to mm-hmm. impart a lot in them. So we have this young man named Junior and it was his first year playing in the program. And he was just a, he was a natural leader. So, you know, when you're playing football, even when I came to Memphis, my first year, first camp at Memphis, they put your name on your helmet and tape just so the coaches know who you are. They can look at yeah, you yeah. Hawkins. So he had Junior on his thing. And after about a week and a half, he was like, hey, Coach Hawkins, my name uh, tag is falling off. I said, Junior, you don't need that. We know who we you know are. <laughs> <laughs> we, know, we, know, we, we know your name, Junior. You know, you don't need that. And Junior went from – because he didn't come at the beginning of practice. He came like two weeks in. And two weeks later, he was on the leadership team. So he was leading people in, in stretching and in lines. And we had one young man who was on the leadership team, but he wasn't coming to practice on a consistent basis. And I'm like, you can't reward negative behavior. Mm-hmm. So he came to practice one day. We were scrimmaging. Of course he came to practice for yeah. a scrimmage. Yeah. And uh, he was like – his spot on the leadership line was gone. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm supposed to be up here. I'm a leader. And Junior said, oh, you can have my spot. I go to the back. So Junior gave up his spot at the leadership <laughs> line and went to the back of the line. And I was like, Junior, why you do that? He said, Mr. Honkins, I don't have to be up front to be a leader. I can be a leader wherever I am. I said, Man. see, I didn't teach you that, but that's pretty good. Look at these <laughs> life lessons just pouring out of me. I said, that is just, and that's, that's what, those are the things that we want to teach kids. It doesn't matter where you are in life. 
It doesn't matter what you have or matter what you don't have. You can always be a leader. You can always set the example. You can say no. You can say, no, I'm not going to skip class. No, I'm not going to do drugs. No, I'm not going to do this. Yes, I'm going to study. Yes, I'm going to make good grades. Yes, I'm going to use proper English. Yes, I'm going to be artistic. And teaching them how to lead in a community where they don't look at a lot of leaders is, is, is invaluable. So now Junior becomes more than a leader of the football team. Guess what? He's leading by example because uh, he, he was doing so well academically, they skipped him a grade. So now you got kids saying, man, now school becomes cool. Mm-hmm. Because everybody want to bring me their report cards now and say, look, yeah. look, coach, look what I did. I did good in school. So those are the type of those are the type of gains that we've seen in just a little time. But I tell people that those things don't happen by accident. We spend a lot of quality mm-hmm. time with our young people. We spend a lot of time loving on them. We spend a lot of time building them up. And they're starting to earn our trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they trust me and the coaches, and they confide in us in a, with a lot of things that they probably wouldn't tell anybody else because they, they know that we're going to protect what they said, mm-hmm. we're going to pray about it, and we're going to give them some good advice on those type of situations. Yeah. Man, those those lessons from team sports are just so applicable so where else, everywhere else. And then, you know, I, I feel like obviously life is a team sport. And, you know, it takes, it takes a village to, to raise a child and it takes a village kind of like, like, um, um, with being Hampton, where if you see somebody doing a good thing, people want to jump in like that young lady who wanted to go jump in on practice. If she's going to be there anyhow, she wants to work too. So where do you see, um, where do you see the future for Memphis gridiron? Uh, the future is bright. One, one, one of the things that, um, I, I am working to put into place is a comprehensive program where we are uh, where we where we go from a idea to actually working like how do we help every parent the way we did the young lady who's mm-hmm. trying to buy a house now how yeah. do we how do we put that together and this so this is what the lord has given me um anytime we're we're dealing with helping poor or disadvantaged people we tell them what they need to do you need to do this. You need to get an education. You need to study this. You need nobody. And the young lady, if people remember, verifies that because nobody ever asked her right. what she needed, what 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 she wanted to do. People had always told her what she should be doing. Imagine what happens when we ask people what they want and we help them build a curriculum around what they want mm-hmm. and we help them get to the point that they want to get to so if I, if I tell you you need to do a b and c and halfway through the progress is not working out for you mm-hmm. you're gonna quit because you're gonna say uh they ain't told me to do this i really didn't want to do this anyway yeah. but when you build your own curriculum when you set your own goals when things get hard i can come back and say hey now hey we, we we didn't say it was gonna be easy. Mm-hmm. Let's let's look at it again and let's see how we navigate it. We're more out to work through problems in our own dreams than we are to work through problems with things people have told us to do. So putting together those kind of plans to say to use our community partners like we're registered with uh, the United Way of the Mid South as one of their partners in their DOD program. Mm-hmm. 
uh, drivers of the dream. So when I have somebody who wants to go back to school or get a GED or finish their education, it's not on me to say, okay, what do I do? I call, <laughs> I call the United Way of the Miss Southside, I have this parent, and they say, okay, now wrong. these are their options. Let me email them to you. I sit down with you as a parent and say, these are your options. Let's put together a schedule. Now I'm going to check with you and make sure you're going to class. I'm going to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And then the way we bring in community partners is, is to say a Kroger, to to have Kroger give us some uh, some some cards, some, some and so when you meet your meetings, then mm-hmm. guess what? You get a card for seventy five dollars from Kroger. Mm-hmm. It's just as an incentive to meet to to meet the need. You may start off working to get that seventy five dollars. But we know that once you start feeling good about yourself, mm-hmm. it's not about the seventy-five dollars anymore. It's about the work that you, that, are, that is getting done. So now we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Now we're really on a three-level playing field. We're working with the kids. We're teaching them the gospel. They're learning football. We're working with their education. Now we're meeting the needs of the household because mm-hmm. when you meet the needs of the families of the mothers and the fathers, you're meeting the needs of the household. So those two people are growing at the same time, and we're getting the community involved. Right. Um, uh, the Bible says, "Don't don't don't give me some fish." Teach me how to fish. So we want to be we want to be a replica of what the Bible does. We want to teach these parents how to fish. Mm-hmm. We want to teach these kids how to fish. We want to teach the community how to invest in people who don't know how to fish. So then guess what? We're going to need some help with some fishing rods. We're going to need some help with some bait. We're going to need some help uh, teaching them how to put the bait on the line so they can fish. But the beautiful thing about that, Daniel, is once they learn how to fish, they'll bring you a little fish. Mm-hmm. They'll, you know, they'll come back and say, thank you because of, because of what you did. This is now what I'm doing, and I just want to come by and tell you thank you. So that's our goal is how can we be an agent to help build up the community, not just the key. We don't. We don't just want success stories that we had a kid do this. We had a kid. We want family success yeah. stories. Yeah. Uh, we we want we want our community partners and our churches to feel good about what we're doing. So fellowship can say, "Oh man, we invested in that in that nonprofit right there." And look at the things they're doing. So you'll know that you're a d- direct result of what we do from your investment in us. Yeah, yeah. Success is not football stars it's, <laughs> right. it's community empowerment and and people uh, like you said learning how to fish and then teaching others how to fish, fish. Uh, one of those folks that is doing that is john john Ergen with um uh, with our harding campus right. who is kind of who is uh is he a coach yes he, yeah. he is the coach of coaches coach of coaches <laughs> uh coach coach jay as we as i affectionately call him is just great he is a a sounding board and a leaning uh, post for mm-hmm. me to lean on. I, I, I find him I, in, in the most chaotic of situations. He'll just walk past me and say, Coach, it's going to be all right. You know you're doing a heck of a job. I mean, look, you're doing a great – it's just that simple encouragement. And he does the same things with the kids. And what I love about Coach Jay, he he understands that we're not trying to build NFL players. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to – and he, he, he told a story of how he learned that. He said he was coaching, I think, at Christian – not at Christian Brothers, but at uh, Junior College, Southwest. And there was a scout there, and he said that a ball got hit in the hole, and he told the shortstop, you got to get that. Hey, son, you got to get that ball. And he said the scout said he, he can't get that ball. 
He said he can get it. He said, no, no, no. He doesn't have the athletic ability to get that ball. He said, you're trying to ask him to do something that he can't do. So he took that from over 20 years ago, and that's, that's, that's his life application. Let's stop asking people to do stuff that they can't do. Mm-hmm. Let's find out what they can do and encourage them to keep doing that well. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that he's so good at. You, you'll find him telling young people, hey, oh, you, you did this well. You did not. Hey, you need to do No, man, you, you came off the You lined up in the right position. You showed up to practice today. Mm-hmm. Uh, just those things that just encourage somebody to say thank you for being here and coming. And, and I tell our, um, our coaches all the time, uh, we didn't we 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 didn't have a great record with wins and losses last year. And, you know, at, at sometimes the coaches start getting discouraged because you you play the game to win the game. Everybody wants to win. Everybody yeah. wants to win. You yeah. know, uh, and I had to remind them. I said, every day we get kids to walk through this neighborhood and come to practice, we win. Mm-hmm. I said it's hard enough to do that. But when everybody that they walk by know that they hadn't won a game yet, do you know they're saying, why are you going there? Y'all don't win. Y'all don't. I said, so you winning because you've invested enough in them no matter what their record is. They say they want to go come here and hang out with you. I said, wins on the football field will come, but you win in life every day. You winning in life because nobody's out doing drugs. Nobody's out selling drugs. Nobody's out looking at anybody doing drugs. Nobody's out looking at anybody selling drugs. They're here under our influence, and they're getting the gospel, and they're around people who love them. So our record wasn't the greatest record in wins and losses, but we won every day we got kids to show up. That's awesome, man. So how can somebody else get involved in what y'all are doing? How can somebody else sign up to be a coach, be a volunteer, set up cones, whatever it is? <laughs> that is, you could uh, you could go on, you can go on our website and solicit information about helping. And uh, it's, it's a volunteer application on there. It's on there. Uh, it would be a great time uh, to do that. And you can always contact me. Uh, my number is nine zero one. Four three one two one six six. So what we're trying to do now is something different. We're trying to um, do flag football mm-hmm. this spring, and people say, "Oh, you're trying to get better for the fall." No, we're trying to keep kids off the streets in the spring. <laughs> we're trying to give them another opportunity to get the gospel. We're trying to give them another opportunity to be around people who love them and care for them. So. With, with that being said, we're going to need some more coaches because I don't want to tax my coaches who are already committed for four months mm-hmm. in the fall. Uh, and the most you can have on this team that we're looking at in this league is like 10 players and two coaches on the team. So we're going to try to feel like three, three maybe four teams. So we're going to be looking for some coaches uh, pretty soon, looking for some people to help set up on practice days and game days in the fall, and also looking for people who can close us out with a devotion to bring the word but the more people our kids see who love them and care about them the better our success rate is going to be man that's awesome man well thank you Nairon. I appreciate you man and uh, thank you for sharing uh, Memphis Gridiron Ministries and thank you for, for leading that and uh, getting everyone involved and uh, just making it a kind of community effort well I, I thank you and I really truly thank Fellowship for the work that you guys are doing in the community and uh, we're blessed to be connected with you and to be partners now man thanks alright